what do you think taxes are going to do in the future? Very few people out there that could honestly say they think taxes are going to stay the same or go down. A Roth conversion is paying taxes today at a known rate. And then when the government changes taxes in the future, you won't be affected if you've got enough money in your Roth IRAs. It's time for the Making Money Podcast with financial advisor, Lee Perkins. Well, there's been a lot of talk this year about Roth conversions, a lot of that because of the SECURE Act, but it's been a, a trend in recent years in retirement planning, and we'll talk all about Roth conversions and really dive into everything you need to know about them, a little bit of strategy behind them. Is it a good idea for you? Who's it a good idea for? Who's it not a good idea for? We're going to do all that today on the show, plus get to a mailbag question and uh, talk a little news as well. We do it always with Lee Perkins over at JL Perkins Wealth Management. They're online at jlperkinswealth.com. Lee, how you doing? I'm doing well, Ben. Doing well. We are ready for spring weather around here. Tired of rain. Tired of rain. Rain all over the place in the southeast uh, this spring or this winter, I guess it technically yeah. is. Although it's felt like spring at times, but yeah, yeah. Steph is. I mean, it, we are in base in the thick of baseball season. It'll ha- you know baseball here in the south is going to be from really end of January to to midsummer, and uh, rain rain doesn't doesn't uh, bode well for all the the games that we have scheduled. <laughs> A lot of makeup dates maybe on the horizon. You hey, I haven't it. had a chance to ask you, uh, how was your trip to Vegas? I know you, you had a couple of trips coming up, one for your birthday. Did you, yeah. did you have a good time? Yeah, we had a good time. We uh, went. The first trip was out there for a work conference, but the second one was for with three other couples. Went out there for my 50th birthday, I guess, was the excuse for us to all get together. And we had a really, a really good time, ate some really good food and saw some interesting things. I mean, I, I love I love going to Vegas. You know, there's a couple of things they could change and, and it would make it really family friendly. But uh, yeah, a lot to do. The The Circus Soleil shows out there are phenomenal. If if nobody's ever been to see, I, I would recommend go see Beatles Love and okay. the Michael and the Michael Jackson show. And I'm not huge fans of either the Beatles or Michael Jackson. Jackson, but those two Circus LA shows are fantastic. Well, cool. We'll make a note of that. That's, yeah, uh, they're awesome. Good suggestion. I've, I don't have plans to get out there right now, but always like making a trip out there if, uh, if given the opportunity. So yep. we'll check that out. Well, let's dive into some news first to start off the show. We, uh, we try to get into some headlines that uh, relate to what we talk about. And the big one right now, and this has kind of been ongoing, but you know, we're kind of hitting a tipping point in terms of student loans. There's a recent study that showed that outstanding student loans have tripled since 2006 and now stand at a whopping $1.6 trillion. So at what point does this least start to become a serious problem or already are we beyond that point already? Yeah, we're, we're beyond that. I would say if it's tripled since 2006, it started to become a, a problem back in 2006. You know, to me, the bottom line is is that there are probably too many kids going to college that they're not really college. Uh, that sounds bad to say they're not really college material, but college isn't for them. And people go into debt to go and get this degree. And the reality is there's a lot of people graduating with college degrees that can't get a job. And I think in our country, the some of the trade skills that that are out there i mean some of the most financially well-off people that i know work in the hvac industry and are plumbers and electricians 
and of course not the guys that are that are doing the labor to start off with but the guys that have worked up through that and owned the companies those are the guys that make more money than most anybody that, that you know i mean think of somebody in your town that owns a um an HVAC business, I guarantee you that he makes more money than 90% of the doctors in your town. So yeah, yeah, don't, true. yeah, don't, don't knock, don't knock somebody that says they don't want to go to college and they, they want to uh, go to a, a trade school and learn, learn a craft. Those people can do really, really well. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the next decade goes in terms of people deciding not to go to college because a, there is such a need for, these professions, these trades, um, that people can't, they can't hire enough people for these right now. I mean, there's, they're offering such lucrative careers and and starting salaries for a lot of people because it's not there. Plus you can teach yourself so much just by using YouTube or the internet to see how many people say, I don't want to pay $40,000 a year for college. Exactly. Yeah. And some of what the the colleges charge nowadays is to me, it's it's borderline criminal. I mean, it's crazy. Somebody's going to spend $50,000 a year on college tuition and they're going to graduate and have a $150,000 in student loans. And I mean, it's going to take them forever to pay that off. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, student loan, that's a big problem, I, and I don't know how they fix it. You know, we got politicians out there now saying we're right. we're going to forgive everybody's student loan. You can't do that because that's just going to put a burden on the the country, and it's not my problem, and it's not your problem, Ben. That somebody else signed on the dotted line to take all these student loans. I mean, if you, if you take a loan, you got to pay it back. Right. Yeah. There'll be maybe some adjustments going forward, but. It's hard to forgive everything that's happened in the past. Correct. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. I mean, it's it's definitely something that we'll be talking about probably on this show again. And, you know, the country will be continuing to look at it and, and try to solve that crisis because it is $1.6 trillion in student loan debt. So pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, it's time now. Let's go to the mailbag. We haven't gotten to the mailbag uh, in a little bit, so let's uh, do that now. We, we take questions from you. If you have a question, you can send it in to jlperkinswealth.com. You can call JL Perkins Wealth Management. The office number is 478-254-3550. You can ask a question there, and uh, we'll bring those questions on to the show and uh, ask them here so we can maybe give some inform as many people as possible. We got a good one today on Social Security. It comes in from Jerry and Macon. He writes this, Lee, I just looked at my Social Security estimate that shows how much I'll get if I started at ages 62, 66, and 70. I'm blown away by how much more I'd get at 70, so I'm I'm inclined to just wait until then to start it, even though I'll probably retire around 66 or 67. I'm assuming that putting it off like this is the best course of action for someone like me? Possibly. That that's a question that certainly I wouldn't be able to answer without knowing more about your situation. But it is a very common question that people get is when should I draw Social Security? Yeah, if you just put numbers into the calculator, the amount that you get at seventy is gonna be more, way more than it was at sixty six and more than it was at sixty two. But Social Security, the time to draw that works best for you is really going to be based on what your assumptions are. And the bottom line is, it's a life expectancy gamble. Yeah, if you're going to live to be age 95 or 100 or you've got good genes in your family, yeah, age 70 may be the best the best time for you to take it. But we're not guaranteed to live that long. And if you delay to 70 and you drop dead at 75, well, you made the wrong decision. 
The other thing to consider is if you don't draw Social Security at 62 and you decide or, or 66 and you decide to draw it at 70 and you need the money, then, then you're going to have to use your assets rather than Social Security. And remember this, there is no beneficiary for your Social Security, but there is a beneficiary for your assets. Now, let me clarify that. We know that if a spouse passes away, the surviving spouse will receive the higher of the two benefits. But again, a lot of moving pieces there, Jerry. And uh, yeah, I'd love to sit down and dig in a little bit deeper and let's figure out. We got some really neat software that that we can compare a couple of different claiming strategies and you know we can adjust the assumptions but that that's really the only way to do it you can't do it based on just uh what the number says it is because too many things can change yeah so you you always need to reach out and sit down with the professional and and give your entire situation gotta gotta make sure they understand everything that you're working with and dealing with and they can make a a better uh, decision at that point so some general advice but you know always need to sit down and, and go through it completely with someone and lee will do that with you if you'd like but if you have a question as well like jerry you can send it in jlperkinswealth.com would love to answer it on a future episode of the making money podcast time now to dive into roth conversions it's a topic that a lot of people have been talking about in recent years and you know the idea of a roth conversion is very intriguing to a lot of people And for some, it can be a great strategy to enact for your retirement plan. So let's explore that concept today on the show. So let's dive into it and just right off the bat, explain what a a Roth conversion is for us, Lee, and why it's worth considering. Okay. So a Roth conversion is totally separate than a Roth contribution. Roth contribution, you actually have to be eligible to make a contribution. So you can make too much money to be able to contribute. But anybody is eligible to do a conversion. And what this is, is taking a portion of your your IRA and then converting that to a Roth, meaning I'm going to pay taxes on this now, put it into a Roth IRA, and then once it's in the Roth, it will grow tax-free. All right. So that's it in a nutshell. It sounds very easy, but there's a lot of moving pieces to it, meaning how much are you going to convert? I mean, sometimes people come in the office and they're going to retire and they've got $500,000 in their 401k and they're going to put it in an IRA and they say, well, I want to just put it in a Roth. Well, on the surface, that's a good idea, but you can't do it all at one time because you will be taxed on $500,000 at one time, and likely you would be in a tax bracket that you would never be in. So you have to do that. If you want that whole 500000 to be in a Roth IRA, you got. I would suggest doing it over time and manage your tax bracket. Let's max out a tax bracket and figure out where you are so that we know exactly what the conversion is going to cost you over time. But... I guess the bottom line is know that if you convert something, whatever you convert, you're going to have to pay taxes at that time. When you when you pay those taxes, do you are you able to do it out of the amount of money in your account? Like if you say you have a hundred thousand dollars, you're converting. Can you pay the taxes out of that, or do you actually have to foot the bill on the back end of that when tax time comes? Great question. You can pay it out of that amount, uh, but it only makes sense to do that if you're over the age of fifty nine and a half. Because if you're under fifty nine and a half, and you pay the taxes out of that, you could be hit with a ten percent penalty for early withdrawal. But most of the uh, okay. conversion, yeah. Most 
most of the conversions that we do are for people who are, you know, over the age of 59 and a half. And, and I would say probably 75% of the time they are paying the taxes out of what is actually in the account. So there's no money coming out of their pocket, so to speak. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Um, so uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit, contributions versus the conversions, but why might the Roth co- conversion be especially helpful for high income earners? Well, it goes back to that that statement that I made earlier. If you're a high income earner, it may be the only way that you can get to a Roth IRA by doing a conversion. Now, you can do a non-deductible IRA and Roth convert, but I don't want to get into too many of the weeds. There, there are some workarounds for some people who are higher earners, but um, that's many times it is the only way that somebody who does make a lot of money, that's the only way that they can get to a Roth is by doing a conversion. So yeah, that's what I would save to somebody who does make a lot of money. Okay. Well, the Roth conversion obviously can be a valuable tool for a lot of people, but you know, what common mistakes do people make? So I'm sure there's some things that people do incorrectly when dealing with this, but what do you see uh, most commonly? Yeah, the most common ones are people who are under 59 and a half and do it and forget about the 10% penalty and they just pay the taxes out of the money and then then they're hit with the the 10% penalty. Um, The other one is sometimes if if somebody has multiple IRA accounts and they want to convert something, there are pro rata rules that apply, which means if you, you convert one account, you've got to convert the same percentage from your other IRA account. So you got to be very careful uh, that you don't just do that without knowing what you have. Take an inventory of your whole situation before you start converting just one account. And the probably the third one that I would say is somebody doing a conversion without really knowing what what their tax bracket situation is. I mean, if you've got room inside your current tax bracket to do $20,000 of a conversion, that's a good place to look at. But if you just converted $50,000 and you didn't know what that additional $30,000 was going to cost you in taxes, uh, that could be a surprise come tax time. Well, that's some good basic information on what Roth conversions are, how to use them. Let's talk about some people that may or may not benefit from Roth conversion. Let's start with the person that might benefit. Kind of give me a, a general idea of who that person might be that would really benefit from a Roth conversion. All right. So a couple different categories of people. I, I would say if, if there's a young person that's probably making the least amount of money that they're ever going to make, and maybe they left a job, started another job, and they got 10 grand in, a, in an IRA, uh, and that's the only IRA that they have, that may be a good person to consider doing a conversion. Now, they they would have to pay the taxes out of their own money. But man, take that $10,000 in an IRA, put it in a Roth IRA, and now you got 30 years for that thing to grow without taxes. That's a a great candidate for Roth conversion. Also, somebody who is retired, who has, uh, you know, very little expenses, their uh, situation in retirement is pretty simple. Maybe their income is just a little bit of Social Security and, and maybe a little bit of a pension and they're not really using their money. Well, you could look at where you are on the tax bracket and and depending on what your taxable income is, you could actually probably do some conversion and pay very little taxes because of the standard deductions that are available now under the the new Trump tax laws that went into effect. Uh, So those are a couple of people that could really benefit. 
in my opinion, almost everybody could do a Roth conversion because some Roth IRA is better than most Roth IRA. And when I'm doing an inventory of somebody's assets, generally speaking, 90% of their money is in qualified plans, 5 or 7% of their money is in taxable accounts, you know, brokerage accounts, bank CDs, things like that. And they only have 2 or 3% or no money in tax-free accounts. So Tax-free is where you want to try to move as much as your money as possible, and, and doing a Roth conversion is a great way to do it. Well, that's a good look at who, who might benefit from a Roth conversion. How about the other side of that? Maybe who's somebody that maybe should not do a Roth conversion? Uh, you know, this, this one is a little bit tricky here. Somebody that's probably got a huge pension, their taxes are always going to really be high, but the caveat is they're probably already older, may not have that much more time left to live. That person may not realize the benefits of a Roth conversion the way that somebody that is younger um, may be. So yeah, if somebody comes in and they're they're 78 years old, I mean, life expectancy, you know, may, may not be another five, eight, 10 years, you may not benefit that much from a Roth conversion. But here's the ultimate caveat to why I think a Roth conversion should be considered by almost everybody is what do you think taxes are going to do in the future? And there's very few people out there that could honestly say they think taxes are going to stay the same or go down. So a Roth conversion is paying taxes today at a known rate and then when the government changes taxes in the future, you won't be affected if you've got enough money in your Roth IRA. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. There's several other tax planning moves that we help people with, but tax-free is always better than, than tax-deferred. Yeah, that's the big thing I hear a lot is, where do you think taxes are going? Would, would you rather be paying the rate they're at now, or would you rather wait and see where it might be in, in 5, 10, 15 years? So yeah, that's because, a good point. Yeah, one of the things, we know that the, the tax cuts that happened are, are going to sunset the end of 2025. So we know that unless Congress acts, they are going to go up again. And even if they just go up the way they were, it's going to be a tax increase. And we've got a, we just got a brand new software that I got from uh, somebody that I met who's actually an actuary. And he shows with we one of the reports that we can run, we will show somebody the total tax inside of their IRA or their 401k that they would pay from now until they pass away. And it is unbelievable how much taxes is embedded into your 401k it, it's crazy yeah i'm, a, I'm afraid i'm afraid to look at that number that would be yeah, a scary yeah. thing to look at yep well i'm guessing that you guys have these conversations quite a bit with clients is this something that you kind of bring to their attention or do you have a lot of clients that are asking you about roth conversions now we've always brought it to our clients attention but now because of the secure act and the changes that just went into effect january the 1st of 2020 more and more clients are, are starting to ask about these things and so we do tax workshops throughout the year and so uh you know some of them are for just our clients and some of them for clients and friends of theirs and, and we do a couple of we do some public workshops too um but yeah the whole idea of, of conversion opportunities it is a very big topic because of the tax landscape that we live in nowadays well if you want to have a conversation about roth conversions and see if it works for you if it's a strategy that you want to incorporate into your plan lee perkins is the man to reach out to jlperkinswealth.com 
Uh, you can find them there, but you can also call them 478-254-3550. And while you're on the website, too, you can schedule that meeting if you want to there and check a look for the upcoming seminars that Lee just mentioned that they, they're always putting on. You can find information on that and how to register right there on the website as well. So, Lee, a really, really good conversation on Roth conversions. I think, you know, ultimately this is something that everybody could, should consider and look at and see if it works for them and makes sense for them because it might save you a lot of money. Yep, absolutely. Definitely something worth talking about. And, and we can do the math to see if it makes sense for you. So, yeah, give, give us a call. Well, thanks for being a part of Making Money Podcast. We will be back again in a couple of weeks with a new episode. So make sure you hit subscribe and uh, have it delivered right to you. We appreciate you listening. See every episode and listen to every episode online at jlperkinswealth.com. They're all, all archived right there. So thank you, Lee, for your time. We appreciate you listening. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.